You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. How would you describe some of the adjustments that you made defensively after Oregon State's first series or two? I was just more all about the communication that we all had to do when it came to what the players were seeing on the field, what they had to say they were seeing, and then what we had to do to be able to make it right. Uh, the biggest thing was just making sure we couldn't let guys get to the second level to cut off some of the guys who were flowing. What did you see from Edifuan getting in there, and how limited was he in terms of the kind of packages that you wanted to do yeah, well, we had him on a pitch count as he gets himself back into the flow of things. Um, obviously, he wanted to be able to play and do a little more than he probably could have. Uh, but just kind of being in line with what we want from him, from the athletic trainers, uh, we all just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. So I think we'll be able to expand his role a little more here coming in this week. Would you say he's full go Saturday or is that maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he, he was full go, just in more in a limited full go capacity, you know, to, to where uh, we, we just didn't want to burn him up. But it, it, it's unique when you get to this time of the year for someone. You're in game 10, but it's really week one for his body. So we've really been kind of almost like Navy SEAL training dur- during the week to get his body level where it needs to be. Should get him caught up to the midseason form. Yes. Yes. And what we did is we kind of had a goal of having him on the field for um, a selected amount of plays per quarter. And that way we could get to everything on the back end. I, I, we were not able to get him in, in in the fourth quarter just because of the amount of series that that, that occurred. Could you see him start it Saturday? Uh, yeah, it, it, we just have to get through uh, practice and, and be able to see kind of how things uh, play out. It's been a struggle for you guys to force turnovers outside the last play of the game. I think it's one in the last five games. How do you go about emphasizing that and enforcing something that doesn't always come? Yeah, well, and the thing that you still have to do from our standpoint is just like we tell the players, we still have to stay on course. Uh, something that we're doing, that we're drilling, that we're doing, we're working, we're thinking about it. We're, you, you, when you leave the building, you got to dream about it uh, when it comes to being able to get takeaways. And, and we see all, all of the games that you see during this time of the year, the takeaways predict and challenge uh, the outcome of games. So we just have to continue to uh, attack the ball at, at, at all costs from, from our standpoint. Sometimes you, you know, you're going to get lucky, and, and sometimes you have to create your own favor as well. So, What's been the biggest difference, you think, on third down? You guys were 70% on the, in the UCLA and Arizona State back-to-back games, and now it's under 40. 
in the last three. So obviously a big improvement there. How much of that in your mind is because of the opponent? How much of that is because of what you guys are doing? No, it's, it's, it's the guys, probably a little bit of both. The individuals are making the plays that they're supposed to make, and it's been a point of emphasis for us to make sure that we get off the football field on third down. How much of a difference did Don Hampton make, just especially in the run game? It seems like he's been really solid in the run game this year. Yeah, Dom, Dom has been a, a consistent force for us. When you, when you have a your, your hybrid husky position that can be a forceful backer but also be a very good coverage player, it allows you to, be able to do some things to, to where he can fit his run space and be effective, but also he can do uh, his job and carry it out at a, at a high level in the pass game. It sure seems like you're as healthy as you've been all year. How does that change things? <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's it's what you want when you get into November. As they say, November, or, or that, that's the times to remember. And you want to be operating on all cylinders. That gives you the best chance to win your championships when you have all of your dogs that you could choose from. It, 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 it makes it a lot better for you as an organization. I know that this is your first year here, and I'm sure you've heard that the Apple Cup is a big rivalry, but how much are you aware of how big this Oregon game means to the fan base? Uh, I, I would assume it's pretty good. Uh, just knowing some of the history of the game and when you see people around town. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I could also know, having uh, been around the game for a long time, that uh, all rivalry games are important to everybody. So, so we know the critical importance uh, for us to be able to make sure we can bring this dub back to you, Dub. Game plan for anybody like Bonix in the past? Mm-hmm. A runner, athlete. The funny thing, we've had the game plan with our own quarterback here in, in, in spring ball. So, but you, you, the, the one thing we've been very, um, I respect what Bo Nix is doing at, 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 at the quarterback position. He's a very good manager, very athletic. As you see that there are some times where he makes awesome throws and their receivers are wide open, running backs wide open. And then there are times he makes plays with his feet. I think we saw against Stanford where, where it was a busted play and he ran 80 yards for a touchdown. So you have to make sure that you're just going to be able to be effective in, in containing him. And every, every one person on their, on their on defense, we got, we got to, what should we say, you have to have your 111. All, all guys have to, do, have to do their job and carry it out to the fullest. When you look at the film, what's a lot of work you only give up one sack? Is it both throwing the ball away? Is it kind of, what's allowed them to just limit the number of sacks he's had? Well, he's able to make guys miss also. And some of it is just the timing or the efficiency of the throws. Uh, it, it's going to be thrown on time, but also he can do a lot with his feet to be able to make you miss. How'd you grade your uh, defensive line? Uh, the, from, from, from Saturday? Yeah, defense, defensive line played well. Uh, when it comes to being able to knock guys back. There's some things we, you can always continue to improve on, but for the most part, those guys made their plays, and, and to see um, Thule, uh, he, he, was, he was knocking guys back all game long. And when you talk about making plays in the backfield, getting, getting lockouts, throwing guys, it's, it's what you want when it comes to physicality. And, and we really challenge our guys because prior to, we, we said, this is going to be a real football game where it's going to be about the physicality that you bring and your physicality has to, has to be matched. And uh, we think we were able to, to do that all throughout the game. And, and you know, it took, it took a series for our guys to really get adjusted with respect to what they were doing. And when you're in the chess match, we had to make our chess adjustments and, and that's what we had to be able to do to win the football game.
if there was a, a downside to the defensive effort, that seemed to me like it was the worst tackling effort that they'd had all year, at least in the first quarter and a half, I think. They have to settle down a little bit or something? Yeah, yeah. So some, some of it had, had to settle down and be able to fully get off blocks because there were some times we had missed a couple of tackles where you were trying to disengage from a block. So once guys got their technique cleaned up, the tackling element cleaned itself up as well. There, there were two plays, in, I think, about the first half where they went forward on fourth and short, and we were saying that they really did not have a lot of respect for your defense when they're doing that. Do you feel that way when a team goes for a fourth and one from the six and fourth and three from the 15? That's almost personal when a team tries to do that? Well, you, you always want to take that approach, but I, I think as you look at the big picture of the game, you have to think about what what is on the sidelines on, on our side when, when you think about our offense. So it's something that we talk about as a staff and we have to be prepared for. Because most of the time, field goals may not give you chances to win football games when you have an offense that's scoring almost 50 points a game. So we were prepared for them to go for it on fourth down, but also that's not something new to them. They have shown prior to that they're going to go for it on fourth down as well. Anything else for Coach Andrew, guys? All right. Thank you very much. Go dogs. How we doing? Good. How do you get to 50 points a game from where you're at right now? Well, got to score in the opening drive to start with, right? Uh, I think there's a couple things that, that uh, obviously could have went better. Um, a little more balance would help. Uh, consistency in the run game. And, uh, you know, just I think one thing we have done better at, obviously, is short yardage. We haven't got stalled out in that in a while. And um, keeping drives alive, I mean, give the kids credit. I mean, we, we made it dramatic. But uh, whatever our third down statistic was, it was – it was pretty good, and I think, you know, one of the messages I gave to the guys was um, on Sunday just talking about, you know, you think back to the UCLA game where we got the football, went down, scored. There were four minutes left roughly in the game, and we didn't end up getting the ball back. So we're pinned with roughly four minutes left, and we're at a pretty critical third down, and Devcope, you know, converts for us. Um, you know, we probably would have had to punt the football in that situation and Oregon State was doing a good job milking clock at times and if we wouldn't have got the ball back who knows if we win so I just that was probably the biggest growing point for us I thought just the ability to come through and we absolutely had to and they did it a number of times so uh, a lot of things to still clean up but it was a good finish. Did it take you guys a little bit really from the receiver perspective to get used to how physical they were? That kind of takes some time to that? Um, Thinking about that one, I think on the outside, yes, potentially. Um, with the press coverage, I thought they did a good job, and I think they have two of the best corners in the league. So I, I do think that took a little um, getting used to, but we were moving the guys around enough that we didn't feel like that was going to be a huge part. Um, honestly, before the game, I knew that catching the football was was going to be um, a test. I thought we dropped a number of footballs prior to the game, and I kind of knew that going in. and. Had to talk to Mike about that, that, hey, the ball is fluttering a little bit. And even when, you know, you make a really tough throw in the wind, it doesn't always mean it's going to be an easy catch, you know, and it might be a little bit off target. And so there was a lot of a lot of things going on there at the passing game that I give the kids credit where they ironed it out and, and more or less stuck with it, you know, because I think there can be a frustration piece there when you're used to having success and you're not hitting on some throws that are everyday throws for you. And, you know, guys are getting open and 
And that, that part's hard, and they, they did a good job with it, though. They kept their heads up. Nobody was bickering. They just kept at it, and, you know, when they needed to make them, they did. What was the reaction in the box when Cam Davis caught that ball on third down? <laughs> Man, I, I'll be honest. Um, in those situations, I normally have my call sheet, and I got a couple plays with my fingers on them. I'm thinking about them, and I literally paused for almost a half second. I was like, Freaking catch that. I mean, like, and you saw the three refs actually coming in and circling CD and all putting their hand up. I was like, there's no doubter, but I wasn't going to give them any time. So we want to tempo play to make sure they couldn't review it. But yeah, it was a phenomenal catch. And the ball never even, it didn't even move. That was the most impressive part. When CD hit the ground, the ball didn't even shake. So it was one of the better catches I've seen in a clutch moment in my life. Would you just kind of walk us through the last series? You had a first and goal under a minute to go and you decided to pass the ball a couple of times and then instead of running it, but you still had timeouts and then you moved it over for the field. Can you just kind of walk us through that series? Yeah, the the two plays we had were uh, plays that we had repped a ton, felt very confident the ball was going to be safe as far as where we were putting it and thought they were the two best plays we had inside the three-yard line to, to get it in the end zone and win the game and seal it. And, and honestly, the first one, if, you know, Mike probably has that over to do again. He probably hits it. You know, just missed CD behind him. It's a throw and a play he's made 100 times. And, um, you know, then the next one, I thought he did a good job of being safe with the football and hit J-Mac with the ball, and we just couldn't come up with it. So felt we just felt good about that, not risking the clock or somebody getting buried on the bottom of a pile or some type of exchange, right? It, your, your hands are cold or whatever, under center, all that good stuff. And, I just thought those were the two safest plays that we had repped the most that we had a chance to win the football game right there. Did you have your finger on? Nope, I knew those ones. Moving it to the middle or? No, we that was that's easy one. That's we rep that every week, every every Friday. I don't. Um, Coach DeBoard mentioned that we haven't done that in a game. I had to really think about that. I mean, honestly, we've done that so many Friday and Thursday walkthroughs that it's almost. Incredible that that has never happened in the game because that literally we do that play every week. So that one was pretty easy. You know, um, I know they're just titles, uh, starters, and guys that come in immediately and, and lineups flip every week. But did you notice that you basically had three reserves score all your touchdowns against Oregon State? And I looked it up and I think you've had almost like 60% of your touchdowns have come from guys that have come off the bench that day. Is that yeah. About your offense? Um, I, I, I think it says how deep. The, the depth chart as far as guys that will contribute, you know, which I felt like we knew that coming out of fall camp that there was going to be um, a lot of guys that were going to make plays. And um, I, I guess I really don't, you know, I don't look at guys as coming off the bench really, you know, whether it was Wayne or CD or, you know, Giles or J-Mac, you know, those guys are all capable of being starter-type caliber players. Well, it's like with Cam, he becomes a starter, he doesn't score. Some, partly because some guy ripped his helmet off, so right. it's just it's just kind of a weird situation. Yeah, no, I think that there's you know it, it shows too that there's guys that are competing, trying to get on the field, and and are doing enough, honestly, in preparation and practice to warrant being on the field, which I think says a lot mm-hmm. about you know the depth of a couple of those spots. You just put an emphasis on your running backs, their hands ability to catch out of the backfield. Yeah, is, is that been some like the catch from Cam was kind of a you know, a huge moment. Is that something that you had confidence as soon as you got here? Has he developed that? Tell me about his just ability to catch up. Uh, I think there's guys when you initially watch them that you're like, 
he catches the football pretty naturally. Um, and there's guys that you knew would have to work on that a little bit more. And uh, I, I think that just naturally, just because of how we practice and what we rep, those guys, you know, get better at it. Um, and there's, you know, the Will Nixons of the world are pretty obviously good hands. And, and CD, I always thought had good hands. I never saw him out on the field and was worried like, oh, he won't be able to catch the ball. But I think that they definitely have just more opportunities, honestly, to, to get better at it. Right, what was their conversation like on like at halftime? He had the pick six and then the next drive on fourth down kind of almost had another one. It could have been Houskies. Yep. What was the talk with him like at halftime after that kind of sequence there for him? Yeah, you know, that that's uh, an easy one, honestly. You know, just challenge him to do what he's been doing all year. You know, don't press. When it gets tougher, um, you can't try to make throws that aren't there. And just when it feels, you know, difficult, remember your defense is playing good and we have to take what they give us and, and create when we need to create. And uh, so for us, creating doesn't mean forcing. And so sometimes it means using your feet, getting out of the pocket, finding different outlet throws, which Mike did a couple times in the third and fourth quarter, did a really good job of signaling some freebies that he had out there. And, and uh, those things sound and seem really you know, obvious and simple and um, but in the moment, they're a little bit harder just to convert on a five-yard out route, right? So I think Mike got back to, you know, remembering it doesn't have to be. And if, it, if it's, you know, there's no throw there and we got to make it happen with the run game, he's got to trust that those things can happen. You were just at Austin last year. Mm-hmm. Fresno, almost one down there. Yep. What do you make of playing down there? That's a great environment. I mean, you know, I told the guys yesterday, I just said, man, this is why you come to play college football, especially at a place like Washington, to, to play in a rivalry game against a good football team that, that is, uh, you know, got a lot on the line. You know, we've got a lot on the line as well, and they're a team that's looking to try to make the playoffs right now. So, I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a phenomenal environment. The fans are great, and they're, they love their ducks, and we're excited about it. Right. With Mike and his demeanor and his kind of bounce back, what is he like on the headset after making a mistake like like the pick six? What, what's that? What's that back and forth like after a mistake like that? He's calm. Um, it's one of the best you know characteristics that Mike has is he doesn't get overwhelmed either way, too excited or you know too low, and you know just wants to know um, if I saw anything different, and you know just it's all he's looking for feedback and trying to find out that one he knew he, he knew right away he forced it and. That was an easy progression. He's been through quite a few times, and he just was trying to make a little bit too much happen in that moment. And um, there, there really isn't a lot of dialogue about that. He knows. I'm like, did you see that defender? Yep. I shouldn't force it. That was dumb, you know. And he wanted to make up for it. So I think it was, you know, for Mike. Um, I, I just think it, I thought it was pretty cool for him personally, you know, just seeing him be in a situation in UCLA where he didn't fully get to take advantage in the end, where it was like he could finish and win, um, where now he had the, the chance to come back and, and do it for his team and, and really take the only lead of the game for us. Ryan, so what was that conversation with Michael on the last drive, just right before like he, you guys are talking, he's going out there, he's going to look for this, or you just, I mean, what was that? Yeah, there's a couple of reminders on, on typical coverages that they have in backed up situations, and, you know, I don't think we necessarily had... Um, any type of information as far as like, hey, bad weather, they may try to, you know, do this or that. But in general, you think you're probably going to get more closed and man coverage just because of 
the weather and trying to force you to put the ball up and over people, uh, make harder catches and wider throws and things like that. So just knowing those type of situations are are possible. Um, and then just a couple of tips and reminders on what to look for on zone indicators on some things as far as why we're motioning people to indicate whether they were going to be in man or zone coverage and just little stuff like that to get them tuned back in and, and then execute the game plan. What does it do for a quarterback? I know you said you see like you have a chance to finish. He finishes this. What does that do just for his leadership and growth? Yeah, I think it, it does something for everybody, right? You know, on the unit and the team, just as far as them believing that, you know, they can get it done. You know, and I think even back to the Cal game, you know, we weren't able to close that one out. You know, honestly, we we ended up having to kick the ball away. And so this time, you know, really, um, I thought our, our best – our best job of the year of, of truly closing a game out um, with, with our side of the ball. And defense played a phenomenal football game and set us up and kept us in the game all night. And so when we had to hit the home run, we did. And so I think they, they, the guys know that they're capable of that. But, you know, doing it at such a critical moment like that, I think is is obviously really a, a great building moment. And I think the guys did a great job, too, of, of ownership on, on, you know, missed opportunities. You know where where it didn't need to be as close as that, and um, but they beat a really good football team. Those kids are gritty and they're well coached, and they're in year five of Coach Smith's program, and um, they they play good ball. Did you during the light delay? Did you stay upstairs? Or did yeah, you, you did. Yep. Okay. How how close were you guys to pulling your guys off the field? Um, I think you know for Coach DeBoer, I know he mentioned you know he he went through all the the normal checks of just thinking about like. Okay, are they cold or what's the weather like? And, you know, they were fine um, with the exception of Mike. I guess he had to go sit on the bench and get warm. But uh, everybody else was, was good. So I think that's part of it is, you know, you know how long it takes to get all those guys back in the locker room and then get them back out. And it just seemed like there was, you know, more sense to keeping them put as long as the 15 to 20-minute mark that they initially gave us was going to hold true. Coach, we didn't see um, – we only saw two of the running backs. We didn't see Wilmington. We didn't see – Rich and see Jadion or Dennis of the guys that we didn't see. What's their status? Uh, they're they're all healthy. They're good. I know uh, Will got dinged a little bit in the game, and Sammy was a little bit sick on Wednesday, and so just from a rep standpoint and confidence, you know, CD and and Wayne had really kind of pushed to the front of the line on that stuff. And Rich, Rich just you know he he hadn't repped as much as the other two guys, and I felt like just more confidence to the other guys in the past game too, and and pass protection. But Rich had a good week. He, he did a good job. He had a, uh, well, could have been a damaging penalty on a sportsman conduct on, on Troy. Yeah. Um, do you talk to him about temporary aggressiveness in some way, or is, what's the conversation? Yeah. Kind of no, it's a good question. It's a, it's a very technical conversation, actually. You want to be really detailed on what the foul actually is, and so... You know, I showed the clip to the whole offense and detailed to the old line that you have to make sure that the players establish both of his feet on the ground. And once he's done that, then you can hit him again. And so when you watch the clip, Troy got the guy on the ground. He got up once clearly and he hit him on the ground. The next time he was getting his feet set, but one of his feet, you know, his knee was still partially on the ground. So he hadn't established himself back on his feet and you can't knock him back to the ground on that. So. Um, as a former old line coach, been through that a couple times, and have to be pretty, you know, clear on that. I know Coach Huff has done that, so just getting the reminder out to the guys of what exactly it has to look like, um, I thought was good. You know, because Troy, 
you want him to keep playing with an edge, and I thought the last two games he's grown a lot and uh, and played really, really aggressive. So you certainly don't want to snuff that out, but you want to make sure they know the technical part. Who stands out about Oregon on defense? What's that? Stands out? Yeah. Um, variety, number one. Um, they, they do a lot, especially in their coverage scheme. You're, you're going to see almost – everything that, that you could possibly imagine. They're almost down the middle as far as closed and open coverages and how they get to it and who they utilize from a personnel standpoint. You're going to see a multitude of personnel packages from dime, two different variations there, nickel package, bringing three different backers on the field, um, odd front, even front. So there, there's a lot of variety. Um, they, they do quite a bit. So just got to be ready for that and see how they attack different offenses and, and what would relate to us the most and try to figure out how that applies to our guys. And then, you know, honestly, just be able to run our stuff, you know, is, and execute that way. Does their offense, I think we've talked about this before, kind of dictate in any way what you guys do on offense, maybe expecting a higher scoring game? Take more chances, be more aggressive? I think uh, yes for their defense. I think it does allow them to play more aggressive. That would be my, you know, just if you're watching a game chronologically, you can see them um, when they get a lead playing a little bit more aggressive, things like that. So I think that it does affect how they play a little bit, um, and they do have confidence in their offense to do that. So um, we'll, we'll certainly be aware of that, but um, I think there's enough out there on those guys that, that – we should have an idea what they're going to do. Yeah, have you been able to figure out how come Oregon has two has had two seasons? They had the first game where nothing went right, and and then they've had an eight-game winning streak where everything's gone right. What what what, uh, what hurt them to start? You know. Oh, I think you know execution, like any other you know team trying to get their guys squared away, and they're playing obviously a really, really good opponent and a team that has been functioning within their own system for a number of years. And and so you play a team like that and you are trying to do a lot and uh, maybe your guys aren't totally dialed into everything. And, uh, you know, hats off to their staff for getting them squared away really quickly and figuring out what they were good at, you know. But you got to you gotta give a lot of credit to a team like Georgia that was, you know, operating at a really, really high level and, and uh, Oregon figured out what they're going to be good at and have, have made those adjustments. All right. Thank you. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All right. Uh, good, <clears throat> good morning. Sorry about my voice. Uh, that wind uh, had to yell a little bit louder on Friday night, so, um, but uh, feel totally fine, so just sound awful. But, how, uh, how bad was it out there in the wind? From a throwing perspective, do you think it was a real hindrance? Um, I, think, uh, I think there were some throws, uh, a couple throws. Um, you know, the first three quarters when you threw towards their sideline, you were kind of throwing with the wind a little bit more, even though it was kind of going from uh, west to east, the wind, um, it was kind of going towards their bench. And so I felt like most of the throws that were made that way, um, you know, it, the spiral stayed tight. But uh, in the fourth quarter, it felt like it was coming more from the south and the west. And uh, I thought there were some throws uh, in the fourth quarter where it affected it, even though the wind did die down during the intermission there with the, the lights. I mean, really, the, the wind felt like about 5 to 10 miles an hour. Uh, there for about 15 minutes and then it picked back up and it was a little cooler breeze uh, in the fourth quarter there the last 10 11 minutes so I thought there were some throws you know Mike uh, had a couple uh, you know uh, the ones going to the left seemed to be more frequent in the fourth quarter uh, when we were backed up Um, you know I think the drive we went uh, I don't know if it was three and out but it was pretty quick and uh, he threw one kind of just wide left and then a couple there at the end of the game, um, ones that he doesn't really miss. Um, it seemed to be more of the ones that he had to kind of just take a little bit off of it, um, more so than the ones that he was just ripping. Um, and I think, you know, Mike does a good job. That's one thing I've re- really impressed with uh, ever since I've known Mike is, you know, guys run crossing routes or, you know, it's those shorter throws, those five to 10 yard throws where some quarterbacks just throw at the same tempo and same speed every time. And he throws a really nice catchable ball, you know, especially on crossing routes and short routes. And he knows his personnel and when he's got to kind of lay it in there. But, uh, you know, that was one of those nights with the weather where you just kind of got to, you got to snap it off a little bit more, no matter what the length of the throw was. I'm sure you've heard plenty of that, Lord, you've been here, but how much of a sense do you have about what this game means to the program, the community, and all that? I don't, I don't know if there's a speaking engagement that I've went to where uh, they haven't emphasize how important it is to beat the Ducks. So um, it's certainly important. It's uh, gonna be fun because we've put ourselves in a spot uh, where it means something. They've got themselves in a spot where it means something. And you had the rivalry on top of it and it looks like it's gonna be a great week uh, 
weather-wise uh, come Saturday, so uh, it'll be a fun weekend. After watching film, what really jumped out at you, uh, both offense and defensively? Um, I think, um, you know, defensively, I, I just, other than the first drive, I thought we continued to grow. Um, we were challenged, you know, run-wise, uh, the first drive there, and had a couple of tough breaks, I thought, go against us with, you know, a penalty being called on the second play of the game. Um, that gave them a free set of downs. It would have been second and 10. Um, you know, and then at the end, I felt, you know, a couple guys in motion at the same time, you know, should have been a penalty there. But um, I thought after that drive, we got on the sideline and a couple things, just continued to emphasize the gaps that needed to be fit by players and um, then also the intensity that you had to play with. I think it was the most physical team we've played when it came especially to the run game. And, um, you know, um, we rose, I thought, and got better and met the challenge uh, each and every each and every drive of getting better. Uh, the third quarter, I thought we came out of the locker room uh, with some more adjustments and just really locked in. And uh, everyone trusting, you know, not just that they would do their job, but the guy next to them would do his as well. And um, I thought we grew against it with our run defense. I don't think we've been challenged. Um, a lot of the run has come from teams that have quarterbacks that can run zone read and things like this. This was, you know, an offense that was coming right at you. So, um, you know, we continued to find ways to get off the football field defensively. Uh, you know, the question was asked about, you know, the fourth down and them going for it. I think some of it has to do too with, you look at what their season looks like in their kicking game. Um, yeah, I think there were seven for 12 kicking field goals all year and there's been some chip shots. And so I think a lot of it is we knew that they would be going for it. Uh, just anything outside of a certain range, they probably didn't have a lot of confidence kicking, especially with the wind the way it was. Um, offensively, uh, you know, I think just finding a way, uh, even when it's not perfect and it's not going how you normally play. I mean, third down and 10, 11, uh, third down and goal from the 24. You know, just uh, I just emphasize the one and zero mindset. Like, forget what just happened on first and second down, and then executing on third down. And I just, I just love. I think there's different ways that we've uh, love what we've done as far as finding different ways to win football games. Um, you know, whether we're ahead and figuring out how to close it out, or in this case, we were behind at the end of every quarter, and uh, really the last eight seconds of the game were the only ones that we led. So. Just proud of the way we continue to fight and find different ways to win. Kalen, the, the foul on Jeremiah when he went to the head on the sack, and they scored two plays oh, yeah. later. Yeah. The guys are off the field. Yeah. Killer at that point in time. I mean, is, is the learning lesson for Jeremiah just don't go to the head? Simple. Yeah, Jeremiah, you just got to stay lower. You know, there is a there's a missed opportunity on a sack he could have had. I think uh, probably the second quarter it was going the other direction um, as well, where the quarterback escaped him. You know, and it's just got to got to play lower uh, as you get closer to the quarterback. You got to keep your head up, though. You know, because once uh, a guy ducks Nelson, you know, you you're lower too, and it gives the perception that you're going helmet to helmet. So those are tough situations, you know, because you're trying not to get the penalty, and almost as you're getting there, um, you react, and you're not sure what the quarterback's going to do, and you're not trying to get a personal foul, but you're trying to make the play, and you just got to play football. And uh, he's he's just got to stay lower and not be up around that head area. So, um, you know, Jeremiah, I mean, that, that was a, a point in the game where I feel like we make that play, um, we get the ball, you know, they're gonna be punting into the wind 
And uh, that was the chance where we can stack some series on top of each other, both offensively and defensively, and really get the the mom- get the momentum uh, continuing to go in our direction. But you know, they go down and score and make it a 21-14 game, and we had to respond with our own drive. Uh, you know, at the end of the third, going to the fourth. So, what's Zion's status? Look like he got banged up. Yeah, I think he'll be all right. I think he'll be fine for this week. So, um, you know, just. Uh, didn't, wasn't able to finish the game, um, but I think he'll be fine going into this week. Your punting was a little hit and miss. Our what? Uh, your punt. The punt, yeah, punting, yep. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and what you're going to do to clean that up this week? Yeah, I mean, um, I think a lot of it just starts with, uh, you know, the windy conditions and, you know, just the jitters maybe to feel the ball. Um, you can just, you know, you guys can watch it for yourself. But just the confidence, uh, to not about the kick, but just, you know, catching it and, um, Jack's, I think, done a lot better job, um, you know, as the season's gone on of becoming more consistent. And uh, this was a new uh, variable that was kind of thrown at him and, um, you know, learning from it. Uh, unfortunately, we get to learn from it and still win the football game. And uh, he'll, uh, you know, continue to work on those opportunities, especially when we have windy conditions and take, you know, um, take take advantage of that the next time uh, we have practices and, and those type of uh you know, getting conditions. So, um, you know, the protection was fine. It's just, you know, the ball's on the ground. It takes longer. And um, actually the ball went off our own face mask. I don't know if you really saw, but the ball goes off of one of our guys' face mask because the ball's on the ground, you know, when Jack picks it up. So um, I think we're fine with our, our uh, you know, what we're doing. It's just, uh, you know, we got to be more consistent, especially punting into the wind, which was pretty much all of them, I think, in the game on Saturday. You obviously have a, Friday. Couple, you have a couple different punters and brought one in. Do you still feel confident that Jack is the guy for that spot? You obviously have Kevin as well. Might somebody else get an opportunity or how are you approaching that? Yeah, I think uh, right now Jack is still certainly the guy that we stick with, uh, you know, based on what he's done, you know, for especially the last three, four games. And um, all it takes is, uh, especially when we haven't punted many times throughout the course of the year, all it takes is one game where you kick four times in the win and one gets blocked and now – your average drops uh, significantly. So um, he's been hitting them in practice and hitting them in games, I think, um, better and more uh, consistent. Uh, so, you know, that, that's where we're at. And Kevin uh, comes to work every day and, and uh, has continued to get better too. What's the real challenge with this Oregon offense that you're The challenge is that they can do both run and pass, you know, um, and then you got a quarterback that can make things happen. I think he's averaging over seven yards a carry. Um, you know, that's, you know, extremely um, significant, I think, uh, because you, you focus on the skilled players around him and the efficiency they're operating with, and um, they do a good job of making sure they're not running a lot of plays into bad looks, probably very similar to what we do uh, offensively. And so um, you got to stop run and pass. And, you know, this weekend it was uh, more about us stopping a team that was going to run the football. And uh, different weeks it's been that. And, you know, UCLA was very similar because I think DTR, you know, running quarterback, can throw it, has good skill around him. Um, probably probably the most similar to that, not schematically, but just the type of personnel and style of offensive play, you know, being balanced that we're going to see. Does your experience in that stadium do anything for this game? I think it's different players, obviously. Yeah. You've been there. Thomas won down there last year. Yeah. Do anything for Yeah, I don't – I mean – I don't think so. I mean, it, it gives me a sense of understanding of what we're going to see, and you know, okay, do we, you know, how much crowd noise and when the crowd noise, and 
you know, uh, just uh, gives me a better understanding. But, uh, you know, the guys who haven't played there, um, that does, it's hard for me to really pass that on to them. Um, and we just got to, you know, worry about ourselves and, um, you know, you know, use that information to, to make our practices, uh, you know, significant and, and, you know, prepare well for the game. Going back to Bo, is he fair to say the best quarterback you're going to face so far this season? Bo Nix. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I really compared it to DTR. You know, I just think that those two guys are, are similar with what they can do with their feet. Um, they're experienced guys, you know, have played a lot of snaps at a high level. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I mean, Nix is, uh, you know, playing with a ton of confidence. You can just see the way he's uh, he's operating. The game is slowed down for him. And, uh, man, I can't say enough good things about you know, what he's doing uh, leading that offense. And, you know, they're one of the best in the country for a reason. What was the impact of having Eddie back? And uh, Coach Inch said he might even start this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he was on a kind of a limited number and uh, went through the week and and uh, just felt good, I think, after the game. And that's what you want to hear and what you want to see. And continues to get his feet underneath him, getting some game experience and getting some of the – um, Rust kicked off of a, uh, off. I think was a big for him. And this week, you know, it's just kind of like what I think about with Jackson Kirkland. You know, you're just kind of bringing guys back and taking that next step. And even though they've played a lot of football snaps, uh, there's still, you know, it's been a long time since they were on the football field. So it was uh, great having Eddie out there. Uh, he co- comes and gives me a, a big old hug uh, before every game. And um, you know, all season long when he hasn't been suited up. And, you know, it was my time to give him a big one before the game on uh, Friday just because uh, I know it's been a long time waiting. And he's kept, kept such a positive attitude through all of this uh, from the beginning. And that's, that's what you'd expect from Eddie, just, to, you know, you guys that know him. And so uh, so happy to see him out on the football field and can't wait for him. And I know he wants to make an even bigger impact this weekend. Your wide receivers just get a lot of attention. But it just seems like every game, one of your tight ends or both of them just seems yeah. to make a real impactful play. Those two guys kind of your secret weapon. Yeah, they they're guys that control the middle of the field, and you know, there's times they get to other spots in the field as well. But um, you know, we have the luxury of playing them out in space. You see them flexed out, even at the number one. You know, widest to the sideline, to the field, to the boundary, moving around. They're intelligent guys. Uh, you know that, uh, you know, really love, you know, being put in all those spots. And their flexibility allows us to do a lot of stuff, you know, because now all of a sudden you don't got your receivers just lined up as the number one or the number one and number three. Um, You can line up your receivers at number two and three because you trust that blocking on the perimeter and running routes on the perimeter and, you know, even going down the sideline. I mean, Jack's touchdown was him playing the number one receiver, running down the sideline, and Mike – um, I didn't realize when it happened how he actually really threw on rhythm and his progression went boom, 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 you know, and all of a sudden there's Jack running his route, trusting that if I do my job, the ball might find me. And, uh, you know, the timing was actually better. I thought it was more of a kind of a broken down play when it happened. But, uh, you know, Mike just went through his progression and there was Jack, you know, running down the sideline and like it was no big deal. So those guys are always big in our program, uh, you know, as far as their production, and these guys just fit what we do really well. And Devin on the last drive on your third down. Yeah. Was it screen? The tight end delay. Yeah, been an important part of our, our uh, 
our scheme for many years and um, you know he really understands uh, you know he's involved in the protection a lot and he just kind of leaked himself out and you know the last couple of yards are going to be his he's got to fight for the first down knows where the sticks are at and you know pushes his way through there um, just a lot of confidence that uh, Devin would make that play we got the right look and we stuck with the play and uh, Mike put it right where he could catch it clean and stay on the run so um, Devin's just, I think, continued to grow too each and every week, uh, you know, becoming more consistent. You had Cam Davis on kickoff return this past weekend. You feel like you kind of maybe found something with him uh, having some success in that area? Yeah, I thought he did a really nice job. I thought that maybe he could have hit one a little bit harder and maybe squirted through for even a bigger play. But, uh, you know, that just comes time with comes with time and reps. And so, uh, you know, he got his opportunity and, um, you know, it's – it's just uh, part of the process here as we continue to figure out our personnel and exactly who's the best. And you would want to find it sooner than later, but we have other guys too that have done a good job with Giles and um, CD. I thought did a great job. So you know, that's something we'll continue to evaluate um, this week and weeks ahead. Hey, when it comes to recruiting, obviously in this class, you guys got most of your commitments before the season started. Um, do, you, do you have any sense for what your guys' record so far, I mean, being seven and two and putting on tape what you put on tape is, is kind of done for your efforts with, with certain prospects who maybe were in a little bit of wait-and-see mode. Yeah, I think it's really solidified the ones that were committed to us before, you know, and made them feel really good about their choice. Um, and I think there are some that are still, you know, trying to figure out that are uncommitted. Uh, there might be, you know, one to three, two, three guys that, uh, you know, we could probably still take. And, um, you know, I think you know, they continue to see what we do and become more confident. And I think not just what we do in the football field, but how we do it and what our culture is and how, you know, what our locker room feels like, you know, with the guys in there and all the personalities. And so, um, you know, all those things just verifying, you know, verifying what we do each and every week with the wins that we continue to accumulate. So um, it's been been certainly helpful. How much did you hear in the summer from, from guys who – that he liked Washington or were interested, but just weren't going to make a decision until they, they saw what you guys were about on the field. Yeah, I think uh, you know that's always part of it. Um, different places I've been, I think they always you always want to see it really happen. And it's not just the players, but it's also the coaches that they play for at their high schools. You know, um, they want to see it happen, and they want to see the proof of uh, you know victories and you know in the win column. Um, but they also want to hear what the locker room, I think that's a lot of it too, is what's it like to be in this program? What's the culture feel like? You know, you know, coaches always say the right things, you know, that it's a family, you know, but like, is that really what it is um, when you're going through the good times, but especially in the bad times, you know, a couple of losses that we had early in the year and how do you get through that? And uh, how's it feel when those times are happening? So a lot of these guys are all connected, right? They're they're asking the players on our team who they know. The coaches are asking, you know, their former players who were with us now. And I think there's a lot of good vibes out there about our program. And so um, it's only going to continue to trajectory the trajectory go upward. Sorry, but there's some coaches that have wanted their kids to look at every game and say, nameless, faceless opponent, same approach every single week. Then others will say, no, this is a bigger game this Saturday. Where do you kind of fall like? Yeah, it's a huge game. Um, but our process should not hopefully change because hopefully we've been preparing at the extreme high level, um, at the standard, right? That's what we call it, the standard, um, 
all year long. And we talked about that early in the season, you know, with the Michigan State game. You know, okay, why would it be any different as far as our process than it was week one or week two? Um, but doesn't mean it's not a huge game for us. You know, it's a big rivalry game. It's a fun game to be part of. There's different, there's different vibe. There's a different feel to it. So um, it is a huge game. But our process needs to be something where it's consistent with what we do and how we prepare each and every week. Do you get a sense of the emotion that's involved here? Because outside of Northwest rivalry, two ranked teams, mm -hmm. uh, two new coaches, yeah. there's still this underlying thing of uh, emotion. And the best example of that is one year Oregon beats Washington 58 to nothing. Washington comes back and beats it 66 to nothing the next year with the coach saying, you're going to score at least 59 points this year. So, I mean, there's just this real underlying current of, uh, well, this yeah. Fan bases. Yeah, alumni, right? We, we got to represent, you know, we got to, um, the alumni that have poured so much into this program, you know, we want to make them proud and, um, you know, we want to make our fan base proud and um, I can promise you we'll give it everything we got all week long. These guys, um, you know, want to continue to make this uh, a great season, uh, want this program to be better than it was when they got here. And uh, they want, you know, we're still writing the, the story for the 2022 Huskies. Yeah, you guys have played a couple of road games, but this, in terms of the environment, would be probably a lot different than anything so far. Do you feel confident? What's your sense of, of what the reaction is going to be in a very hostile environment, unlike something that they've seen this season? Yeah, well, uh, I think just as far as throughout the week, we'll certainly be playing a lot more, you know, fan noise um, than we've had, especially for the offense, because um, we know this will be the loudest stadium we've been in uh, this year on the road. Um, but yeah, the excitement I think is going to be through the roof. You know, just uh, probably controlling that is going to be the big thing, and so let them be high, right? Because we want to we want to play with great energy and intensity. Uh, but you got to make sure that it's something that isn't out of control because you got to sustain it for four quarters or then some, you know, if needed. So um, you can't just be part of the highs and the lows and, uh, you know, we need to be steady. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going Our guys are going to be fired up. They're going to be excited. You know, it's going to be an awesome challenge. Taylor, you know, um, this game last year was the point where everything went wrong. You know, they finished with four straight losses. They lost the coach. Uh, they lost the rivalry. Has that been totally flushed? Or has there been any discussion about that, you know, what happened last year? Uh, yeah, there's been really no discussion. I think this is just about literally our team right now. I think we're far enough into the season and we've really got our own identity of who we are and we're trying to just be the best we can be. Um, and so I don't think anything from the past is really affecting us right now. Um, you know, uh, you know, so that yeah, I don't really feel like that has anything to, to play with where our guys are at emotionally. You said that you were as healthy for this game as you've been all year. We didn't see uh, Javon Parker. We didn't see Tristan Dunn. Being as healthy as you are, is that just a matter of the rotation, or have you definitely decided there's some guys that you're going to do everything you can to conserve the red shirt? Yeah. Um, you said Javon Parker. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's just, yes, you got some guys coming back. And, uh, you know, so Tristan and Javon and those guys, I mean, you got some guys that are coming back that were – upperclassmen, more experienced, and so um, they played more snaps, you know, because they are back in the rotation. So um, our secondary is as healthy as it's been, um, you know. So Tristan, who definitely was helping us get through some of those times with some snaps that he was playing now, he's not completely healthy as of a few weeks ago, but he's certainly getting there and, you know, taking part in practice again. So 
um, he's ready to go, you know, if called upon. Is he right on that cusp of rich? Has he played more than four games? I know Javon's pretty much past that point, so, yeah. And Tristan? Tristan is still in a redshirt mode, I believe. He's got three. Yeah, I mean, we get to this point in the season, if we can all save it for all these guys. Again, Monday, today, this afternoon, we review all the guys, making sure and we talk about the plan moving forward throughout the course of the week. So um, I think we're going to be fine based on how we came out of this last week's game, you know, in the secondary position to where if we can save guys at this point of the year, um, you know, we're going to try to do that. Um, you know, and even if those guys, I mean, we want to maximize the number of snaps and plays and games that they can play in. So um, waiting for the right opportunity when we absolutely need them, um, that's a fine line, right? Because you're trying, there's really no way of guessing when a guy might get hurt <laughs> or be out of your lineup. So, Do you any chance to get Julius Irvin back this week or so? Yeah, Julius probably won't be able to play the rest of the season. So he'll probably be out for the year. Yeah, injury related, yeah. Have you crossed paths with Dan Lanning outside of media days at all? No, no, but we talked a little bit, and you know, certainly have some. When it comes when it comes to playing days, got some, uh, you know, sim- similar backgrounds. So he's done an awesome job here in year one, you know, and uh, got his team playing confident and you know leading them in a, in, a, in a great way. So a lot of respect for how he's uh, handled his uh, his first year as a coach there at Oregon for sure. Can how much of a bonus is it that? The team overcame adversity game before that you go into the Lord arrival game. How much of a bonus is that? What was the first part? How much of a bonus is that confidence builder that the team overcame some kind of, you know, adversity to go this last week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think every game there's been a learning piece, right? Um, you know, uh, battling back and forth with um, uh, Cal, you know, and some things on the road there that we overcame and found a way to win in this game, actually, you know, finishing it against a very good opponent. I think Oregon State's a very good football team. And, um, you know, you go back a couple weeks ago, Arizona, you know, here, and uh, what we did and having to finish that game out when they were making a push. So we've won different ways earlier in the year when we were in control, you know, and team started to close the gap and then us finishing it off, you know, so I'm proud and we use all those learning experiences. We talk about them on Sunday you know, what happened and, hey, remember this now when we get in this moment, you know, you found a way to win. And, uh, you know, like there's just a lot of variety now in how we've done that. And we're proud of being 7-2 right now, you know, but, uh, you know, plan on not being done. You know, a lot of football left to be played yet this year. Thank you.